Thank you, Caleb. Well, good morning. We're glad you're here this morning. I want to join in everyone else who has welcomed you and uh, let you know that we're glad you're here, whether it is uh, physically or digitally. Those of you who are watching us uh, online, we're glad you're here as well. And so uh, we want to welcome everybody, and uh, we want everybody to uh, feel like they are a part of this. Um, A lot of things going on Uh, this month. We are going to be in a series I'm just calling Thankful, and we're going to talk about what it's like to live a thankful life, not just because November's Thanksgiving, but because if we live in a place of Thanksgiving, it transforms us in more ways than one. We're going to talk about that multiple Sundays throughout this month. Um, We're also uh, trying to uh, get the ball rolling on share groups. Um, Those of you who are aware, uh, we currently have two share groups that are meeting at this time. Um, One meets at, what time do y'all meet? Five? 5.30, 5.30, don't get here at 5, you'll be early, 5.30 here, uh, still in E or in the fellowship hall? Fellowship hall, 5.30 in the, I'm, I'm up on everything, 5.30 in the fellowship hall, and uh, everybody's welcome, you can come and join in, and uh, they have a lot of cool stuff going on. The uh, Young Adult Share Group today is meeting after, at noon. At noon at the Spencer's house, uh, the younger Spencer's house, uh, Nathan and Megan. Um, if you show up at John's house, he'll have you, but um, that's not where the share group's at. And, and if you are a, uh, a young adult, um, they don't really card you. They let me in, and I'm not a young adult. But uh, yeah, you guys, uh, that, that is where that share group is going to meet today. And uh, they are going to have some food and stuff, and they would like it if you brought some stuff too. So uh, there'll be a little window. You can go run and grab some stuff and bring it with you if you want to be a part of that. But if you would like to either lead or host a share group, um, we're still taking names for those out here at the hub. That's our little information desk out here. And uh, it may be that you have an idea and and, uh, you want to start a service share group or you want to start a share group that uh, studies a certain book or or maybe you just think, I I don't know how to lead it, but I would love to open my home. We have, we, we can hook you up. So, Sign up out there. That's share groups. The other thing I want to tell you about is uh, we are a part of what I'm calling a, a, a gratitude gathering. I don't know what we call it for officially, but uh, about that third slide in there, Jacob. It's uh, the gratitude gathering. There you go. Um, on the evening of November 21st, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving at 5 p.m. at Alpha Omega's uh, auditorium, nasium thing, um, we're going to meet together the, the three churches that are right here, Faith Lutheran, Huntsville Nazarene Church, Huntsville Church of Christ. We're all going to come together, and uh, we are going to have a time of uh, prayer and thanksgiving. Um, we got together and said, look, we can, we can agree on prayer and we can agree on thankfulness. And so we're going to start there. And uh, that is a good place to start. So I want you to make plans for that. Put that on your calendar and plan to be there for that. There's lots of things going on, lots of stuff happening. Um, we, had, uh, we had a youth lock-in uh, this weekend. There you go. Um, good-looking group of kids. Um, how many did you have, Emily? 30. 30 kids. 
That's right. You can clap for them. Now, here's the best part. This wasn't put on by parents or youth ministers. This was put on by people in our congregation who love teenagers and want to serve this church. And uh, Emily O'Rear headed it up. She's embarrassed right now because I'm calling her out. But she deserves it because uh, that's a lot of work. I I got too old to do lock-ins a long time ago. And uh, so that's a lot of work. But... uh, it, it makes a huge difference in some of these kids' lives. And Emily wasn't alone. She had other people that helped her. Um, I, if you want to find out who those are, I'm sure they would love to uh, have a pat on the back. Um, and they worked very hard, so I want to publicly acknowledge them as well. We're still in the search for a youth minister. I think we have a candidate coming in next week. And uh, so keep being in prayer for that. That process is still in the works. And uh, so there's a lot of things going on. There's probably more, but that's all I got time to talk about right now. Um, as we move into to our lesson this morning, um, we're talking about thankfulness. And there's a great story uh, that's told by Corey Tinboom uh, about her and her sister when they were in a Nazi concentration camp. Um, they were, uh, the barracks that they were in, uh, called Ravenstruck, was terribly overcrowded, and it was infested with fleas. Um, they had been able to smuggle a Bible into the camp, and in that Bible they had read that in all things they were to give thanks. That passage that that Caleb just read to us, Betsy decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas. Corey said she couldn't do that. That was too much for her. She she wasn't having any of that. She could not be thankful for the, the fleas because they were a curse. They were not something to be thankful for. But over the next few months, a very curious thing happened. They found that the guards would not enter this barracks. They wouldn't go into this barracks. That meant the women in this barracks, unlike in other barracks, were not assaulted. They were not abused in any way. And uh, it also meant that they were able to hold Bible studies. They were able to talk to people about Jesus. They were able to to, to bring women to, to come to faith in Christ. And only at the end did they discover that the reason the guards left them alone and wouldn't enter the barracks was because of the fleas. Now, giving thanks to God is something that we're good at in certain situations. We're good at thanking God in prayer. Uh, we're good at being thankful for our meals. We're, we're pretty good at, at being thankful on Thanksgiving. Um, But in a time when our world is as uncertain and is turned upside down as it has been, it's hard to find things to be thankful for. Um, many of us have, have lost people over the last year, um, and, and now we're, some of us are struggling with economic financial hardships because of the last uh, year, and, and it's hard. We look at the news, and we look at things that are happening in the world, we get scared, and, and we get worried about the, the state of affairs, and it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to, to see all the, that and still hold on to an attitude of thankfulness, but we have to remember things like Ravenstruck and the fleas and thank God anyway. If we expect to find true peace, if we, if we seek to live a life of joy, we have to find a way to live in gratitude, to be thankful. 
Let me read you that scripture that Caleb read again one more time. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's your, uh, that's your memory verse for, for, for this month. Go back. That's your memory verse for this month. And, and I, I want you to seriously, it's really simple, really easy, but I, I want you to try to commit that to memory. You hadn't done this since you were a little kid in Sunday school, and that's okay. I'm not going to give you a star or a sticker, but this is what we're looking for. We're going to try to memorize this verse so that we can have it readily available, so that it resonates in our mind and in our being. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, we, we hear a lot of times, how do you know God's will? How do you know what God wants me to do? Should I date this boy? Should I take this job? Should I, should I choose this class? What is God's will for me? Well, Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. That is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And not just here. It's a common theme. Look at, uh, look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 19 through 20. Make music from your heart to the Lord. This is a different translation because you've heard this so many times. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says it again in Colossians. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to God the Father through Him. For years, we in Churches of Christ have heard these scriptures over and over and over. We have, we have talked about these scriptures a lot, and we've talked about what's not in them. And we hope, focus on what's not in them so much that we've missed what is in them. He says over and over, part of your job is giving thanks. Part of your prayers is giving thanks. Part of your life in Jesus Christ is giving thanks. Now, there's a uniquely Christian framework for gratitude. That uh, gratitude is, is more than just being happy or, or being uh, appreciative. That there is a perception for good that comes along with this. You, you can't manufacture gratitude by, by willpower alone. You can do it for a while, but living a true life of gratitude comes from a different kind of place. Gratitude, true gratitude in your life, truly living that out, comes from a relationship with God. Because you begin to see the world and everything in the world as a gift from God. And even the bad things, even the struggles, even the awful things that you don't want any part of, you can start to see how God is using all things to work together for good in your life. And it makes you grateful. To be grateful, you have to believe not just that benefits are coming, but that they don't come at random or by accident. That there is a force in the universe that is bringing those things to you. That, that they came from somebody. And this benefactor has good intentions towards you. That's, that, that is the foundation of a faith that lives in gratitude. If I'm going to be a grateful person, I have to believe that God is providing things for me. 
James says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. This is, this is James saying what I'm saying right here. Everything is coming down from God. Everything is a gift from God. Gratitude always involves this posture of humility. It involves me taking me out of the picture. If you, uh, if, if, if you give me a car for no reason at all, I'm not lobbying, but if you give me a car for no reason at all, you just walk up, hand me the keys, I, I'm going to be overwhelmed with that. I'm going to, uh, thank you. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond. To, I, thank you, your, your gratitude. Now, my answer to that same car, if I'm purchasing it from a dealership, is vastly different. Why? Because it, it's, it's not something that's given to me. It's something that I purchased. It's something that I worked for. It's something that I earned. Gratitude always involves a posture of humility. It's when I take me out of it. No longer am I owed things. No longer do I deserve things. Our sinful nature puts us in a place where we think we're supposed to have certain things. I'm owed certain things. I, I should, I, it's my right. I should have these things. And, and we, we get frustrated because we look around us and we live in this culture of comparison where, where our, our social media and our television and all this stuff shows us all these things, and we wonder, well, why do these people have that and I don't? Why does this person have this when, when they live in a certain way and I don't? Instead of focusing on, on what I have, we live in this attitude of, why me, Lord? Thursday, I was coming back from a conference in Dallas, and, and the, the front tire blew out on my truck. 80 miles an hour going down, I'm sorry, Posey, it was 75. 80 miles an hour uh, going down Highway 45, somewhere in the middle of, of between here and there. And, and it would have been very easy to sit on the side of that road and be mad. Why me, God? Why me? I'm doing your will. I'm doing what you want me to do. Why me? That's selfish. That's arrogant. I need to be thankful that I have a vehicle. I need to be thankful that I can afford gas in that vehicle, especially nowadays. I, I need to be thankful that I had a full-size spare. It's the little things. Some of you have driven on a donut. You know what I'm talking about. I need, it's the little things. But, but that attitude of gratitude changes how we look at the world. You know, sometimes I'm grumpier and, and pickier if I stay at a fancy hotel. You know? I stay at a fancy hotel and I expect a certain level of service. I expect a certain level of, of, of care. I expect things to be a certain way. Now, when I stay at the cheap hotel, I'm sorry, at the affordable hotel, I'm happy if I have an a, a ironing board, you know? I'm happy if I have a blanket that's not paper thin. And, and that phenomenon is, is unique because it's all about perception. It, it, it shows how our expectations shape the world around us. When I live in a place where I'm thankful for everything, all of a sudden my life is, is different. My sinful mind can convince me that I'm entitled to anything. My sinful nature can believe that everything is owed to me. The San Francisco Giants were sued a few years ago. They were sued because they passed out uh, 
hats to all the men who were present on Father's Day. And they were sued because they only passed them out to men. Really? I mean, we, we, we can keep going here. There's, uh, there's uh, 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 a psychology professor that was sued for sexual harassment because they had a mistletoe hanging at a holiday party. There was uh, uh, the psychic who was awarded $986,000 when a doctor's CAT scan impaired her psychic abilities. I'm not making this up. You'd wonder how she didn't see that coming. But still, <laughs> in a Christian framework, ingratitude is, is, is not just a psychological problem, though. It, it's, it's an emotional problem. It's a faith problem. And, and when I live in, in this world where I'm owed everything, where everything's mine, where it's my right and I should have it, then I become angry, I become bitter, I become self-centered. If I change my outlook, if I change my thinking and live biblically, giving thanks in all circumstances, all of a sudden it changes. Paul goes further. Paul says ingratitude is sinful thinking. Romans 1, where he's listing how people have turned away from God. And he's listing the sinful nature of mankind. He says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile. He is describing people who are in rebellion to God. And what does that rebellion look like? It looks like people who don't give thanks. Well, now it's a little bit scary. Because I never want to live in a place where I'm in rebellion against God. But Paul says, when I don't glorify God, when I don't give thanks to God, I'm living in a place of rebellion. I'm living in a place of futile thinking. Gratitude leads to a life of blessing. Now, I'm, I'm not preaching you a prosperity gospel. I'm not saying if you go around thankful this week, God's going to bring you a new Lexus. I'm saying you're going to see all the blessings more clearly that God is already placing in your life. Jesus knew what it was like to live in gratitude. His way of life teaches us a, a lot of things. Um, and, and one of the things that he did was uh, something that was common among rabbis. There were two prayers that were common among Jewish people. One was the Shema, which you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You know that. Um, they would say that prayer daily. The other one is the 18 benedictions. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's called... Uh, Oh, I lost the word. I lost my notes. Sorry, y'all. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute because it's on the next slide. Um, the, the, the 18 benedictions is what it means. And, and it, it's, um, it, it's basically uh, blessings. You're blessing God. And you go through and, and it's blessed are you, God, because you provide us with light. Blessed are you, O oh God, because you provide us with air. Blessed are you, O oh God, who abundantly forgives. And, and you're, you're blessing God. That was every rabbi taught their own spin 
on those 18 benedictions, on how they would do it. When the apostles are asking Jesus, how do we pray? They're not asking for a how-to manual. They're saying, what is your take on the 18 benedictions? As our rabbi, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this different than everyone else? And uh, rabbis would teach their followers how to, how to pray that. Blessed are you, O Lord, who heals the sick. Um, blessed are you who, who sustains the living and raises the dead. Um, and, and they would use that in every walk of life. I have a body, and I'm blessed that I have a body. Blessed are you, O Lord, who heals the sick. And, and it wasn't just about asking God for healing. It was living in a place where I'm thankful for all the things that I have, for my body, for my health, for whatever. And, and you start to live in a different kind of worldview. Our prayers get to where, as Christians, they, they become laundry lists of things we need. And think about that. If you have a friend and, and they call you every day and, and they say, Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you what I need today. I need... No, I'm not saying God gets as annoyed with us as we would with that friend. But that's how we go. We, we, we have this laundry list of stuff we need. Instead of a laundry list of things we are thankful for, um, this, the, the Amidah is what this prayer is called, and it's, it's the standing prayer uh, because they're afraid that if you, if you get into it and you're praying these things over and over and over, you, know, you do it when you're sitting down, you're going to fall, uh, you're going to fall asleep. Um, I'm, I'm not making it up. Um, Gamaliel says every day a man is to pray the Amidah, the 18 benedictions. They would rather regularly gather at the temple to pray this prayer. They would gather nowadays at the, the wall to pray this prayer. Um, when, when Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer in Acts 3, that's, that's probably what they were doing because of the time of day and the context clues. Um, and, and so if you couldn't go there, you would turn your body in the direction of the temple and, and you would pray these things, uh, the, the, the blessings of God. So the, the, these, these rabbis would teach their followers, how do, we, how do we bless God for this? How do we bless God for that? And the followers would follow them around. And if he was, how do you bless God when you're eating? How do you bless God when you're walking along the road? There's a, a, a funny story, and I'm not going to tell it in detail because it's kind of nasty, but they... Uh, where the rabbis would follow the, I mean, the, the followers, the disciples would follow the rabbi into the bushes when he went to relieve himself because they wanted to see how he was going to bless God for that. Um, now I'm making this up. And, and, but he would because that when you live in that, in, in that attitude, you can see how you're blessing God for health. You're blessing God for everything working correctly. Um, and, and so it's, it's silly and, and a little bit off color, but it still is, is you're living in this attitude where you're thankful for everything. Um, in our day, it, we pray over a meal, and, uh, you know, I, I got in trouble one time. Um, sometimes I can be sarcastic. I know that's a surprise to a lot of you, but... Uh, when I was a youth minister, I, we, we went through a, uh, we were on a mission trip and I sat down with my plate and uh, we were eating all together. And I, I said my prayer and one of the elders that was sitting across from me said, you don't need to do that. I already blessed all the food on this table. I said, well, I, I was just giving thanks for it. 
He got mad at me about that. But, but the point is, we, we sit here and we, we, we hammer this out real quick. And, and, and we're not really giving thanks. Um, the, the early church, they had a blessing for the lamp that they turned on. They had a blessing for the house that they were meeting in. They had a blessing for, for everything. And so everything that they did, that, 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 there was a blessing that went along with it. Bless God, not bless the object. Bless God for providing this. Blessed are you, O Lord, who has formed man in your wisdom. So how do we do that? How do we do that today? I want to leave us with two challenges for the rest of this month as we try to live with an attitude of gratitude, as we try to live a thankful life. There are are two things that we're going to do. Um, The first is I I want you to write a letter of gratitude. And and if all you have time for is an email, you can do that. But I I, I think a letter is better. And I'm old-fashioned. You need to write a letter. Think of someone who has been a blessing to you in your faith. Someone who has, has made a difference in your life, in your faith. And write that person a letter. I did it this week, and it's, it's, it's a cool experience. I mean, give them details. Let them know what they did that impacted you. Because a lot of us, we don't, we don't even know. And, and you may be receiving a letter this week from people that you never even thought about. It will change your life. It will change their life. Sit down and write a letter of gratitude this week. The second thing is, I, I want you to try to walk through, not just this week, but this month, walk through your own benedictions. You don't have to do 18. That may be overwhelming. Maybe just do three or four or five. If you want to do this as a family, you want to sit at the table at, at, at dinner one night a week, because if you're like my family, that's all you can put together. The rest of the time, we're running and gunning. But maybe one night a week, we sit down and, and we talk about the three things that we're thankful for. And, and, and you know, don't do the cop-out. Don't do the, I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for Jesus. Th- those are easy, and, and you should be thankful for those. But let's get a little more. Let's get a little deeper. Let's get a little, little I mean, you know, dig in a little bit. What are you thankful for? Maybe, maybe we need to be more thankful for not just the big awesome things, but for the little bitty normal things. Maybe I'm thankful that I have shoes. Maybe I'm thankful that I have bread. I, you get the picture. You can be thankful for everything, and when you start living this way, it permeates your life. It doesn't just change how you view God. It changes how you view everything. And you live in a place where it brings not just blessings, but joy. Dr. Emmons uh, did a study he called the Count Your Blessings Study. At the end of each day, he challenged his participants to count their blessings by writing them down in a journal. And at the end of the study, the participants who engaged in that simple practice of thanksgiving were healthier, both emotionally and physically, than the control group. I'm not just talking about Scripture. I'm talking about science. When you live in a place of gratitude, when you live in a place of thankfulness, it changes your life. Not just in the way you view God, but in the way you view the entire world. We want to live in that place. 
that's why I, I made a concerted effort this morning to, to single out Emily and to give thanks for her because she, she deserves that. She needs that. Um, there are others of you who need to be singled out and, and, and who we need to give thanks for. And, and maybe there are people in your life that you see every day that you need to give thanks for. And so today, starting right now, when you go to lunch, instead of being mad that, that your meal didn't come out as fast as you should think it should, maybe you should be thankful that you can afford to eat at a restaurant. Maybe you should be thankful that, that you have the resources to do that. Or you should be thankful for that server. Or, or you, you see how it changes everything. We're going to live an attitude of gratitude. We're going to rejoice always, pray continuously, and give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you. How can we pray for you? How can we lift you up? How can we praise God with you? One of the things I love about this church is that we have people who publicly respond and give God glory. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a big deal. We need to give God the glory and, and praise Him for the good things that are happening in our life. How can we praise God with you today? How can we lift you up? How can we join you? Whatever we can do to help you, this is the time to do that right now as we stand and as